Hey everybody, I am Stephanie Goss and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are diving into the mailbag to take an email from a technician who is struggling because their practice has grown. They have about 15 team members and their practice owner doesn't seem to want to hire a practice manager. This technician feels like the team size is too big for them to work everything out amongst themselves and feels like they need some leadership in the practice every day, but the practice owner doesn't want to budge. This is going to be a wild one. Let's get into it. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and the one and only Stephanie, you and me, and the devil makes three goths. <laughs> oh. I, was, I was not disappointed. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, I, I, I heard that song recently. I was like, I'm going to rhyme using that, using that one. That was a good song. Right. I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It. How's How it going? Oh, it's It's good. I just got back from a big vacation with my family. We went uh, camping and hiking in uh, Maine and Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island. And it was absolutely glorious. And <laughs> I learned something about my wife uh, on this trip that you'll appreciate. <laughs> so, so we go and we like, it's not that we unplugged. It's that there's no cell service. Right. In, first of all, there's no American cell service, but there's like... Nova Scotia, uh, a lot of Nova Scotia is real remote. Right. And so, uh, and also we're, we're, we it's have American cells. <laughs> yeah, it's forced unplugging. <laughs> and so we're there and we're doing this beautiful hikes and camps and we're go like we're, and we got a rental car, a minivan. So we're, we're driving from one place to another and we're doing these things. And Alice and I are just talking about how awesome this sort of go with the flow, making our way across the country you know, trip is going and we're just talking about it's this it's really awesome to be unplugged and and just just absolutely just kind of going with the tides and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're out there and we're like seven days into this trip and this is the vibe and we're hiking along these rocks next to the ocean and overlooking it. And we come off of this hike and our plan is to make our way into this nearby town and go to this little whale museum, museum about whales. Okay. And and so we're coming out of the woods, and I and we're just walking, and I'm holding Allison's hand, and uh, I hear her whisper under her breath, "We're 16 minutes ahead of schedule," and I realize <laughs> that this whole trip she had planned to the minute. And while I thought we were just blissfully rolling across the countryside, she was a hundred percent running the schedule. And it was like we were a weekend and she said, We're 16 minutes ahead of schedule. And I realized it was all a lie. The whole thing was absolute planned relax. Like, it's like the facade of relaxation was like, oh, there's a schedule. There's a schedule. And I am being managed on that schedule. And I had no idea. That's pretty fantastic. I thought you would like that. But I just, I just, when I tell a story about my life with Allison, I'll remember holding my hand and we're coming off this beautiful hike. And I was like, that was the, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And she was like, we're 16 minutes in schedule. Yeah. And, okay. Okay. 
that's fantastic. Uh, that's fantastic. So you had, uh, I like, I have, I have so many, I have so many questions and like, I'm gonna, we're gonna have to have a conversation cause we haven't talked about it. Cause that means you had a little bit of a kind of a forced unplugging because you didn't have service. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't wait to hear about how that piece went for you because uh, when we did our unplugging episode last year with our friend Eric Garcia and Tyler Grogan, like I remember Eric issuing you a challenge about yeah. try, oh, it, trying some unplug time. Well, it was it was great. It was particularly great because my two daughters were with us and they're yeah. 12 and 15 and their cell phones are didn't work either. Yeah, exactly. Are important to them, and they're they're not on social media either. One of them, right. but they text their friends and they sure. watch YouTube videos and listen to their music and stuff like that. Right. And so, uh, and so, yeah, it was. It really was this great. It was going to be one of my all time favorite vacations, just because it was a it was a lot of family time in the minivan and hiking together and things like that. But but it it really it really was great. My um, and it was great in this way too. Is so so it didn't have any access to. to to sell stuff because they don't have a Canadian plan. But we could go places and get on Wi-Fi and they could send texts and download right. things right, and, right. and get get episodes to watch or whatever they were sure. and, and they could do that too. And I really think that was beautiful. It's like my my position, so we talked with Eric Garcia a while ago and Eric does these things where he goes away and he unplugs. And I get that. But I, I think everybody has to find what works for them. My position on unplugging is this, and I, I thought a lot about it on the walk. I knew you'd ask me about it, but I thought a lot about it on my hike and stuff like this. I really liken unplugging to eating healthy. Um, yeah, to eat to eating healthy and like meditating, okay. right? To eating healthy and meditating, meaning unplugging and being disconnected is good for you. You know, it is good for you. Eric going away for a month and being unplugged the whole time is comparable to like a juice cleanse for 30 <laughs> days in my mind. Like it's um, it's so healthy. I have no interest in it. Like I it's it, you know what I mean like or like or it's you know I got into meditation a couple of years ago and I was like as I do I get big into things at the beginning, uh -huh. right? Like I uh -huh. I you find a thing in. and I get real excited about. It. And so I was meditating, you know, a couple times a day for like 10, 20 minutes, you know, at a time, 10 or 15 minutes, you know, but I would do it a couple of times. And uh -huh. I was really into it. And one of my friends was like, you got to come to this meditation retreat. And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> I was like, how long is it? And they were like, 10 days silent. And I, nope. I was like, what do you mean 10 days silent? And they're like, you go there and you don't talk for 10 days. And I was like, what do you do? And they were like, you sit and you meditate and you eat soup. And I was like, why do you eat soup? And they're like, because you're not doing anything with your body. So you don't want a lot of calories. So you just eat soup. And I was like, I bet that's probably a spiritual thing that speaks to people. I'm happy doing the Headspace app for 10 minutes. Like that's where I'm, that's where I am. I don't need a 10 day silent meditation retreat. I don't need, I don't need to do whole 30. I can do whole five and then eat pizza on the weekend and be like, that's where I want to live. And so the same thing is true with unplugging. I don't want to unplug for 30 days. I like to unplug for 16 hours and then, and then check. And then you know, have a little, have a little snack. 
But I think I think that's the whole point is that it it doesn't there is no one size fits all approach. And like you're finding what works for you and what works for you is different from what works for me, different from what works for Tyler and what works for Eric. Like each one of us has made up our own rules and is finding that place. And it sounds to me like you did the things behind the idea of unplugging, which is, you know, you spent time present with your family and with yeah. your girls. And like, I will say, I, I doesn't surprise me that you would rank this as one of your top favorite vacations, because I have to say, like, I feel like we've entered a whole new stage as parents that are, you know, our kids, um, for those who don't know, our kids are, are uh, right about the same ages. And so it is so fun. Like I love hanging out with them and mm-hmm. I love spending time with them. And I loved going and doing things and going on vacation with them when they were little, it held different joy than it holds for me as a parent now. Like they're, they're real little, uh, half grown humans at this point, And I get to experience the world through their eyes in a radically different way than experiencing the world through their, you know, three and four year old little little eyes um yeah. and i i love this i love this stage like it scares the hell out of me <laughs> they yeah. are starting that they are starting high school and um that it you know that they are growing up and i it has this summer has really hit home for me that i only have you know a few short years left with them at home um before they you know start to make their way in the world but um it i i really am digging this stage as as a parent so it doesn't surprise me that that you found that um with them this summer no i i no i completely agree i you know i tried unplugging for 90 minutes right before this podcast episode do you remember what happened (laughs) i I unplugged for 90 minutes um was wrong about what time we were we were podcasting i got three text messages and six phone calls from people saying are you okay where are you Unplugging in the middle of a workday is not, it's not. But the, in, in my defense and in your defense, I was worried about you because although you are, although you are generally run, run on Andy time, like you always communicate. And so you yeah. broke rule number one about unplugging, which is that you have to let everybody know ahead of time <laughs> that you're going to yeah. unplug. All right. That's, that's fair. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're fair. we're off the rails already. Let's right, get into no, this episode. Let's get in there. We got a lot, we, we got have, a lot to cover here. We've got yeah, we do. We have a good one. So we got a mailbag um letter from a uh, technician who is working at a small-ish practice. Um, it is a private practice, and they have about fifteen team members in total, and they do not have a manager of any sort. So they don't have any leads. They don't have a office manager, practice manager, anything. It's the practice owner and the team. And so um, what has started to happen as they have grown is that problems come up and the practice owner it expects the team to figure it out and solve problems for themselves, um, which is wonderful and has benefits that I think we're going to talk about. And there are also cons to it. And this letter comes from the place of looking at some of the cons because they are struggling with feeling like there is animosity. There is a front versus back mentality um, because there is no one doing the quote unquote managing from this, from this uh, team member's perspective. 
And what they're looking for here in the management sense is someone to help problem solve and to deal with the challenges in a leadership capacity, someone to be the decision maker and help them all sort it out. And so they were just asking like, uh, what 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 is our what is our option here? Because they have asked the practice owner about hiring a manager, and they have flat out said no. And so this team is wondering, like, what do we do? We're not all happy. We feel like there's strife. We feel like there's no one to help us solve the problems, and we're really struggling. Like, what is our best option for for going forward from here? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I have some thoughts. Um, th- this is always really challenging because the, the devil is definitely in the details here yes. about what's our best option. Absolutely. Like, I don't know what what tools do we have to work with, you know? Right. Um, yes. And, and yeah, and, and what exactly is happening. But I, mean, I think we can talk in general terms about this idea of we've got a team of, say, 15 or so. We don't have a manager and we're and we're having strife and, and the owner has has pushed back against that. Um I, I, I think I want to go ahead and start. Let's start with Headspace uh, as as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I want to call out a, a a trend, a thought pattern that I see a lot in not just in veterinary business management, but in business management in general. And there is this belief with a fairly large segment of the population, I think, that um, if you have problems in your organization, the obvious path forward is you should add managers, you should add administrators, you should add systems, right? <laughs> like that's it. Like, we're not getting along. We need a manager. We need we need some administrative person. We possibly need, we need more rules for sure. Like, more <laughs> rules are going to help us solve this front versus back problem. And it's funny because people are like, there's a problem when you add more managers and more rules. And if you keep following that, then the idea is the path to utopia is more rules and more management. And like, I don't think anybody wants to work at a place that has tons of management, tons of administration, tons of rules. No one wants that outcome, but everybody seems to think that moving in that direction is the obvious path to make their job better. And I think that's funny. I think if you look at human healthcare, you will see the manifestation of this. Oh, sure. Human healthcare in America, one of the reasons it is so ridiculously expensive is the layers and the layers bureaucracy. of management yeah. and administration and bureaucracy. It is completely out of control. Right. And you've got these healthcare providers at the bottom supporting all of this management or uh, an administrative infrastructure. Yes. And yes. the whole system is broken. And it, it's the same in universities. And anyway, it, it happens. And our government, don't even get me started. But 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 it's, it's, it's that sort of thing of you, you add these things and add these things. Add these. Now, that's not always. I'm not absolutely not saying that there's managers aren't important and there's not benefits to having managers or anything like that. But I want to call this out because I do think people quickly jump right to we're not getting along if we had a manager involved or more management or more systems or protocols or rules, we could get out of this interpersonal problem. And I would say, I want you to really analyze that assumption and think about it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So just full stop. And so I'm not, I'm doing the thing that I do where I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're, they're wrong, but I want to, I want to punch holes into that bedrock belief of we need to add a manager. That's what we need. It's funny. I, I, this, this letter ended a little differently than I thought it was going to. 
We often get these emails, and I, I started reading this one, and it felt this way, where people will be like, hey, Andy and Stephanie, here's the problem. And here is the obvious solution that I have. Right. Question, <laughs> how do I get everyone to recognize that I am right and do what I want to do? And It is true. It, you know, <laughs> we get those letters all the time. Yeah. And yeah, it is, it's, I laugh, I chuckle every time I read them. Here's the problem. Here's the obvious solution that right. I have that is clearly correct. Question, how do I get other people to recognize my correctness mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. this matter and do what I think we should do? And I'm like, <laughs> that is not an interesting question for me. Um, well, and they, to be this clear, did not say that. Sometimes we do agree going. with them, and sometimes, it, but sometimes it's about like that would make a boring conversation. Yes, we agree with you. End of podcast. Like well, we. Um, we <laughs> A lot of times they're not entirely right. You know, right. a lot of times they have made some like generally when I say there is one correct solution and here's what it is. And um, if your team has not bought into it, if other people don't feel any ownership of this solution, it's probably not the correct solution, even right. if you can make a stronger case for it than anything else. And so right. anyway, and that's not what they did here. They did not end with how do I get the practice owner to hire a manager? Mm -hmm. They ended with. What's our best option? So I like, okay, a, a pivot here. I do appreciate mm -hmm. that. But mm -hmm. but anyway, I, I have those thoughts a lot of, and we see a lot of those. So anyway, when it came down to we don't have a manager, what do we do? Um I just I needed to call out the idea of like, okay, I'm gonna I just want to punch some holes in the assumption that a manager is the right answer to this problem. It might be, definitely might be. But there, there should be at least enough uncertainty that we can discuss other options. And if there's not that level of uncertainty, I don't. I think it's gonna be hard to move forward towards a resolution everybody feels good about. I would agree with that, and I think you presented a good headspace challenge. That I think the answer for me a lot of the time in veterinary medicine, I like I used to drive my team nuts because my answer was it depends, um, because so much of veterinary medicine and life in general exists in the middle gray zone, right? And so this was one when I read through it that I was like, oh, okay, like there's like it's the answer probably is somewhere in the middle. Like it wasn't a clear, this is the only right answer, right? Because there's no one size fits all approach to this. Every practice is different and every business owner has different needs and every team has different needs. So, but from a headspace perspective, I think you presented a great challenge, which is I would say action stepwise, sit yourself down and think about the one end of the extreme like you presented and think about the levels of bureaucracy that get layered in, the bigger you get, and human healthcare is a great example, is that what you want or need for your practice? And and let yourself go there from a headspace perspective. And then on the opposite end, um, and, and the, it sounds from their email like this might be a little bit closer to the end that they feel like they're at, where it's a free for all and everybody can do whatever they want. There's no rules. There's no structure. There's no systems. It is a total free for all. And because once you wrap your head around what those two extremes look like, it is a lot easier in my experience to try and find multiple different paths that start in the middle and, and take the pros out of both ends 
and find the path that works for you and your team that feels individual. Yeah. I w- so, so let me, I want to touch on both of those two extremes real quick. And again, I, I haven't yet revealed my position here and I want to be clear about that. I'm just, <laughs> we're just, I'm just, I'm just shaking the construct that has been laid down to, to let everybody see that it's not, it's not as rock solid as people like to think it is. Okay. It's so, it's funny. There are a, a lot of, there's a, there's a tendency to think that, um, that managers are the answer to interpersonal problems. Right. And I've right. not always, I've not found that to be true in a lot of cases, meaning people will say to me, we have this person who is an absolute toxic person and right. they don't have a strong manager. And I'm like, let me, let me give you a little piece of bad news. Um, if they're an absolute toxic person, it doesn't matter if they have a strong manager, they're going to be a toxic person, Right. It's, it's, there's a lot of people who have this, they have, they just, they tell themselves that if this person who I despise was managed, I wouldn't despise them. They're like, (laughs) I hate Carol. And what I need is a manager that will make Carol not act like Carol, but like the ideal version of Carol I have in my mind. And I'm like, there is no manager that is going to make that happen. That's a magician, not a manager. That's yeah, that's that's you're so spot on. Like it's um that's not how that works, guys. Yeah. And so 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 anyway, I just wanna I just wanna say that and put that in as the in the con manager camp. So I have beaten my anti-manager drum here. Now let me break, beat my pro manager drum for a second. Uh, you and I talked about our vacation, right? And going to Maine mm-hmm. and we took yes. we took tents and we went camping and there was four of us and we flew to Maine and then rented a minivan and then we tent camped and we did all these different things and everything. Uh, do you know how we packed? Mm. We did not have four people run around and pack everything that they thought we needed for this trip. That is not at all how we packed. Let me guess. I would guess that Alison Rourke uh, was the general and said, yep. this is what we're going to pack and how we're going to do it. Exactly. Alison had had the, the list. The list. I, I don't want people to think that Alison did this by herself. Absolutely did not. I was involved in planning and all of those sorts of things. Well, sure. So do not think she was abandoned. How, and that's why I was very involved in this. Still, when it came down to packing, given that I was very involved in this and very excited about it, we went through everything together and and I made sure that we had what we needed, you know, off of her list and, and things like that. I want I just it's important to say I was very invested in this and I put a lot of time and effort into it. And when it came time to pack, Allison Rourke with her checklist pointing where things went and asking for this and telling right. what she needed and this goes here and that and this goes in the car first and this goes and those things are going to be packed together and that's in a check bag and we're going to carry these things on that was the way to get this done it was sure. having a manager an organizer a general a conductor and we were exponentially more efficient and effective right. for having one person whose job was to organize the three of us me and, the, and my two daughters running around, packing the things, bringing things, loading things in the car. It made uh, so much more sense for her to stand back and coordinate us as opposed to throwing in herself into the chaos and running around and doing things. Mm -hmm. And that's how we packed. And so there's absolutely a point, a tipping point where you say, we're not organized and having someone step back and get us organized that makes a ton of sense for efficiency and effectiveness. Yes, yes. 
I agree with all of that. I love it. Okay. So, so we talked about sort of the, the pros and the cons. There is a way to avoid bureaucracy and to own the difficulties of interpersonal relationships and also to say we are not organized and we have to get organized um, that do not necessarily involve hiring a full-time manager for a staff of 15, right? Like that, it, it's, it's definitely possible. This is really hard because now you're really starting to get down into how would you do this? And it really depends on the talent that you have on the floor as far as what your options are. And so anyway, I, I just want to I just want to start to 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 lay that out. The last the last part of headspace before we start to get into how I would try to start what your options are or how I sort of line this up. The last part I want I want to lay out is I I am a big believer in flat organizations um, or flat ish organizations. I I am not 100 percent bought into the idea that a hierarchy is required to get things done and create a good place to work. I think um, I think you can do it that way. And you and I have both seen it done that way where everybody has a clear manager and the manager manages the people right underneath them and everybody moves in that clear lockstep, direct boss looking over your shoulder, uh, maybe micromanaging, maybe not. But everything has a clear, direct hierarchy of if you don't like what this person did, you can go directly to their boss and blah, 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 blah. And up and up and up. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. think that there's a lot of benefit in hiring good people and supporting them as communicators and giving them autonomy to say, hey, these are our values and this is the general system in which we work. And I want you to look around and assess what's going on and make it the best decision in the moment rather than la- than following some cookbook protocol that was laid out with no thought to this specific situation. I think it is not too much to ask that grown-up people do some actual relationship building and a, a little bit of conflict management. I think that there is a problem with conflict management skills, a lack of conflict management skills in our profession. Yeah. And I'm not convinced that if you have people who are not good at conflict management, the obvious answer is a babysitter to wade in Correct. And, and fix their problems. I think that you can make a strong case for facilitating conversations and uh, giving responsibility back to people to fix their own issues. Yes. I, do think, I do think that there is a tendency uh, sometimes to say, these people are not getting along bring to me the manager your problems and let me sort out your interpersonal issues. And we both know where that goes because we've seen managers who do nothing except deal with interpersonal issues all day long. And they should have pushed those issues back onto the people who are having them a long time ago and said, I want you both to go. Here's, Here's a $25 gift card to Starbucks. I want you guys to go to Starbucks. I don't want you to come back until you're able to work together. And like, that may sound uh, archaic, but I promise you, uh, it can It absolutely can work. Sometimes it doesn't. We have to escalate. But I see a lot of people who are way too quick to take interpersonal issues and take them up the chain as opposed to empowering people and expecting people to handle their own issues. And then it just becomes management time is completely saturated dealing with interpersonal issues. Well, and so let me let me shout out a, a big positive here because this uh, team member called out their practice owner wanting and expecting 
the team to be empowered yep. to solve the problems on their own. And so from a from a um you know a headspace slash action step perspective, I I agree with you. And I think a lot of practices would look at this situation and say, we're gonna put a manager in place and and go about it the way you said, which is um okay, the manager is gonna be the one to solve the problem. And while it may resolve some of the conflict, I promise and guarantee you that that approach is absolutely going to create a whole new set of problems. And so it is because because then you're not empowering anybody. Then you are creating a, a bottleneck where everybody has to go to one person to get answers to their their questions and their solutions. And so now you have a whole new problem on your hands. So I I think that I love I love that they pointed it out and in this practice owner's defense, I do absolutely think that every member of our team, part of our role as leaders, whether you're a practice owner or your practice manager, when you run a hospital, part of the tools in your toolkit should absolutely be that the members of your team get taught interpersonal skills and conflict resolution, because the reality is we're human and we're working with other humans and it is never going to be all kumbaya. Everything is hunky-dory 100% of the time. That is just not reality. And so if we don't teach them how to mediate conflict themselves, how to work things out, how to speak to each other with kindness and compassion, and it seems I, I know, I hear in my head the practice owners who are listening right now going, but why isn't my job to parent them, right? Why isn't my, like, why didn't they already come to me with those skills? I'm hiring adults. That is that is not reality. And so we can be mad about that or we can just accept the fact that even if they do have skills, we can still help them get more skills. And so get over the mad. Um, and I'm saying that with all the love and kindness, but camp tough love because I've been there. And like, you can get sucked down in the mad or you can teach them how to do the thing that you're frustrated that they can't do. And in this case, it's a soft skill. Um, and so I think when we, when we look at it, like shout out to this practice owner because they are expecting them to work things out. And we don't know because we didn't get all of the information, right? We're only getting one side of the story. But if they're expecting that and not equipping the team with the tools to actually do it, then they're shooting themselves in the foot because you don't get that many people, especially like, I'm just going to go out on a limb and make a generalization. Veterinary medicine is very female dominated at this point in our industry. If you don't get that many people or that many women in the same space, um, without having conflict. It just doesn't happen. Like you, you are crazy. Um, like to think that that is, that is a thing. Like it is irrational for us to think that they would, uh, you could put 15 people on a team in close knit space and not expect there to be conflict at some point in time. And so if you are not uh, helping them equip with the skills to deal with that, like you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Well, there was four of us in the minivan and we all love <laughs> each other deeply. And there was conflict. <laughs> there was conflict. I, no, I, I, I really I really like this about about, you know, people sorting out their own issues. And I, I just want to call out because I'm not saying that this is going on here necessarily. But whenever we get into this, I need to call out either or thinking. And this is a behavioral psychology trap that people fall sure. into. And so people are like, well, either I have to, um, I they need to solve their own problems 
or they're going to, if I wait in, then they're always going to come to me and I right. will be stuck doing this forever. And I go, that's either or thinking. That's, sure. that's not true. That's not yeah. true. You can be very cognizant of the desire to not be involved in a lot of interpersonal issues and also recognize that sometimes we do have to get involved and we can get involved in a way that does not uh, mean that we're going to see an increased frequency in this. But I think a lot of people are f- afraid of that. They're like, if I wade into this, I have to wade into everyone. Yeah. Sure. My, here, here's my last piece of headspace is when do I wade into interpersonal conflicts? I'll tell you when. Um, this goes down to the thing you've heard me say many times before is the difference in a struggling business and a thriving business is this. A thriving business has a new darn problem every day. And a struggling business has the same darn problem every day. And when I feel like we're having the same darn problem every day, at some point, I'm going to, I have to intervene. And that can be, hey, you guys need to sort this out. Or, as, and if I, we tried that and that has not yielded results and we're still stuck on this problem, I am going to get increasingly involved in this problem one way or another. And I'm not, I, how it turns out will remain to be seen. It may, it may turn out with one less team member than we had going in. Uh, it, it may, two less team members. It, it, you know, hopefully, hopefully it won't. But right. that for me, just so you can know, when I'm like, when do I know to keep pushing this back to them and pushing this back to them versus letting it go? Um, to me, it's that if, if there is a problem that I see in our team, in our business, and it's the same problem again and again, and I have nudged them and I have told them they need to work this out and it, the same problem persists, at some point you're picking your poison. You're yeah. either deciding to live with this problem, which may very well go ahead and escalate, or you're deciding to get involved in this specific problem. But not many problems rise to that level, and that's that's important or else you get stuck in either or thinking of, if I help these people, if I get involved, I'm getting involved in everything. I go, no, you're only gonna get involved in things that you have pushed and tried to have them resolve themselves again and again and again, and they are past frustrated, and now you're gonna get involved. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what I got uh, for Headspace. I love it. Let's, uh, should we pause here and take a quick break and then come back and talk about action steps? Let's do it. Did you know that we offer workshops for our Uncharted members and for our non-members? So if you're listening to today's podcast and you are not a member of Uncharted yet, you should be, but this is not a conversation about joining Uncharted. This is a conversation about all of the amazing content that we have coming at all of you, whether or not you're a member through our workshop series. You should head over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash events and check out what is coming. We have got an amazing lineup on the regular. We've got something every month, sometimes two or three things in a month coming at you um, to expand your brain, to talk about leadership, to talk about practice management and dive into the kind of topics that Andy and I talk about on the podcast every week. So now's your chance. Stop what you're doing. Pick up your cell phone. I know it's not far from you and type in unchartedvet.com forward slash events see what's coming and sign up. They are always free to our Uncharted members and they have a small fee attached to them. If you are not currently a member, you can get all of the details, pricing, dates, times, and register. Head over to the website now. I want to see you there. All right. So let's let's get into action steps here. So so okay. the, the question that was asked was, the owner is opposed to having a manager. What are the best options? Okay. And so I, I would start to lay this down and my response is to our technician that was writing, okay? And so this is how I would kind of coach that person who's asking me, what, what, do, what do I do? 
where, where do I where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the first part of Headspace for me is assume good intent. Um, if you say if you decide the practice owner is stupid, that he's a jerk, he doesn't know what he's doing, he doesn't know how to run a business, um, you are setting yourself up for a really hard go of it, and you're not going to be very effective in talking this mm-hmm. out. And you're yeah. not going to be very effective in finding solutions. So the first thing is, I would just say, assume that there is a good reason that you, the practice owner feels this way and assume that the practice owner is trying his best and he really wants to have a good place to work. Just go ahead and get that in your head. And that's, to me, that is the low bar for engaging in this conversation. And I think one of the best tools that I've ever been taught to help do that, because when you're sitting there looking at it from your perspective, you're only like it is hard to get yourself out sometimes of the emotions that go along with viewing it through your lens. Um, And so one of the most helpful tools that I was ever given was um, someone taught me to ask the question, what else could this mean or what else could be going on here? And so when I actually forced myself to sit down and and answer that question, what could could be happening? Um, You know, there are a million other things besides the fact that I might that they truly are just trying to make my life more difficult by not hiring a manager, because let's be real, when you're in that situation, like, that is a part of how you're probably feeling, which is my life is immeasurably more difficult because none of these people are getting along and I have to come to work and deal with this BS every day, right? Like that that could absolutely be where this technician is sitting. And there could also be a million other reasons why. And so when I ask myself that question and I let myself hallucinate in that way of what else could this, what else could this mean? Why else could they be making this choice? Maybe they can't afford it yet. Maybe they're not sure that it will solve the problem. Maybe they had bad experiences in the past with a manager. Like when you let yourself go down that road and hallucinate different answers, it, in my experience, has become a lot easier for me to find that place of not only assuming good intent, but also putting on my empathy shoes so that when I sit down to have this conversation with them and try and understand, I am like ready and and prepared to, to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. And that and that takes me right to the next step. I think this is probably two different conversations. I don't know that you can do this in, in the same conversation about what yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my, the first thing that I would like to do is seek first to understand um, why does the owner not want a manager? Like what, like honestly, there's so much value there. Yeah. And you have to figure out how to ask this question in a way that doesn't come off as challenging. Because if so, let's imagine that Stephanie has been just writing me about hiring a manager. And she's like, Andy, we need a manager. Andy, we need a manager. Why aren't we handing a manager? Just imagine. And then she comes to me one day and says, I have a question for you. Why won't you hire a manager? Um, there's a very good chance that that's going to sound um, like like challenging. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It sounds like we're headed right back into this argument again. And that's not, you're not going to get good information on me. I'm going to put my guard up. I may not be totally honest with you, especially if it's because I'm afraid I can't afford a manager. Right. It's because I had a bad experience with a manager before and they really, they embezzled a bunch from the practice, say, you know, something like that. Like I, If I'm feeling defensive, I'm probably not going to share that information with you. So you really want to try to figure out the best way to broach this subject in a way that feels safe 
and um, and allows the person to be open. It's, it's sort of genuine curiosity. Um, but I, I, I would like to know why this person who's got a team of 15 does not want to have a manager. I'm not saying they're wrong. That's why, that's why I laid that great. down up front. It's like, they great, made great reasons. Um, I said, I, you know, I absolutely had a, a, a mentor that I worked with who had a practice manager and she took him for $90,000, I think, embezzlement. And he was so... He felt so betrayed and taken that he did not want to have a manager. He did right. not want, he wanted to be the one who knew all the stuff. Right. And he did not want to delegate to someone else because he had been right. so burned and felt so betrayed. I'm not saying that's how you should feel. That's how he felt. Right. And I'm not saying he's right, but I'm saying I get it. There you may, yeah, I mean? there, I, I there may be, it. there may be reasons for their behavior. Like right. there may be motivating, motivation behind their behavior in that sense sure. of something that be, they've experienced. There may be constraints on the business that we don't know. Right. He might be like, look, we have not been profitable in the last three years. Right. And having someone who comes in who does not generate revenue directly does not make sense for us. I think you can make an argument that the person could justify their salary. But if that's what he thinks, at least we can understand, okay, he, we've got significant financial constraints. That changes the picture, right? All of these things affect what is our best option. Because the question was, what are our, what's our best option? And he goes, yeah. I can't tell you because I don't know where all these, I don't know where the pinch points are, right? I don't, I don't know what's holding us back. I don't, I don't know what, what the real internal obstacles are. But, but we got to understand that before we can pick our next, our next move. And so anyway, to me, why, why are we opposed to having a manager? And the more clear answer I can get to that, the more I can understand what options are in play. How how would you how? OK, so we want to to uh, when you were talking about feeling potentially feeling challenged when somebody asks you about this, I immediately flashed to like I, I remember before I became a parent and I swore that I would not tell my kids because I told you so. Um, and then I can think of a lot of times <laughs> in the heat of the moment when I'm super frustrated and I've gone on the defensive and the answer is because I told you so. And that's the end of story. Like, and we'll walk away, right? Because it's that feeling challenge. So how do we set up that question um, in a way that makes somebody less likely to be defensive? Sure. Everybody's a little bit different, of course. And, and, and the personal, the, ideally, you have a good personal relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know them as a person. They like you. You you know you have a good relationship, and that makes it a little easier. But basically, I, I think probably if I was going to do it, sort of shooting from the hip, I, I think this is how I'd step up. I, I would step in. I would lead with vulnerability and then appreciation. So basically, how this would start off is I would say something along the lines of, "Hey, um, you know, I I I love working here. I really I love this clinic. I love being here. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Like I I, I enjoy I enjoy what we do." And I, I really want our clinic to be very successful. And so I, I, look, at our, I look at what we're doing and, it, and we've got 15 people and I look at, at all the other vet practices that I, that I know of that have 15 people and they have someone who's in a designated manager role and, and we don't. And I just, obviously that's an intentional decision. And, and I was just, I was wondering why you made that choice. What's, what's, in, what's important to you about not having... What's, what's important about not having a manager? I just, I just, 
I want to understand because I want to be helpful and I, and I I know a lot of other places that have gone this way. And so are you are you willing to kind of tell me tell me what you think? Okay. So it mm-hmm. sounds something like that. And and again, when would I do it? Ideally, you know, I don't know. You have to the time and the place, all that stuff matters. You know what I mean? It's, it's there's a lot of different ways to do it, but basically that would be it is to say, I really love it here. I like this practice. I respect what you're doing. I want to be a contributor to this practice, growing and growing. I I look around, I see other practices that have a designated manager and, and it seems like we're getting to that size. But I just, I you have made it clear that, that that's not something that you plan for. And I, I, I want to understand why mm-hmm. why that was. What what is your philosophy on managers? And then I would and then I would then I would honestly listen. I would not argue. I would not be like, oh, but 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 mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. nope. You ask the question, just now you need to let listen. them be heard. And now yep. you gotta let them be heard. And I would not. I would just go, okay, I got it. Thank. No, I just wanted to understand. Thank you. And I would I would take that and I would probably go away with it. But I yeah. would not let it turn into a debate because otherwise, and a lot of people mess this up. Because they'll even get the question right, and the other person will open up and share the information. And then the person asking the question will disagree with the perspective of the person who's explaining their why. And then it will turn right back into the right. same mm-hmm. old argument, and, and it goes nowhere. And right. so that's not the point. The end result we're looking for here is to understand. So anyway, that, that's kind of how I would set that up and sort of how I would try to frame it. Yeah, I love I love that. I w- I would probably do a uh, very similar. I I would start um I would start with talking about how they you you know you care about the team and about them and um you have noticed that there seem to be challenges in the team and one of those um one of the things that you thought of that might help the situation would be someone to play that conductor role like you know like you were talking about Allison in that role being the conductor to help solve some of the flow and challenges and take and I would frame it in the way of helping them take some of the burden of that off of their shoulders and um and then ask them like you know I I really would love to help you and so I would just love to understand you know where your head is at um you know when it comes to having someone in a position to um to to manage the day-to-day of the practice like what you know tell tell me what tell me why it looks the way that it looks in in your head um and really just open up the door from that helpful like i i want to help you i want to understand um i think that that feels very different than you know when (laughs) fellow parents will understand when my kid is like but why you know, that's just immediately going to make me be like, because I freaking said so, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, that's your that's your point about arguing back, right? Then you're right back in that argument loop and the answer has not changed. So, you know, when you ask it from a place of curiosity and then say, thanks, I really appreciate that. Like, I would love to, I, I this is like, you've given me a lot to think about. And I, um, you know, I want to, I want to, I always, my my phrases i want to marinate on that like i want to process that um you know and then i agree with you this is not to one conversation this is potentially multiple conversations and then i would then i would you know walk walk away change the subject let it drop yeah i i agree with that and so that's the first conversation i would try to get is is this there's a set is 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 why is this person opposed to a major there's a second conversation you can have and you do not have to have the first conversation before you get on the second one doing that conversation and understanding where the person's coming from can be helpful is not required to have the other conversation. The other conversation is this, okay? The other conversation that we want to have is we want to step back a 
one rung on the decision-making ladder. And so, so imagine this for a second. So imagine that, that we're, in, we're in a vet hospital and we've got this place and we're having front versus back issues, meaning mm-hmm. the techs and the CSRs are right. fighting and it's going on. So Stephanie Goss is sitting here and she's thinking about this and she's working the practice. And she says, the front and the back are fighting. So, so we need a manager. And she goes to me and she says, Andy, we need a manager. And I'm like, Goss, we're not getting a manager. And she's like, we need a manager. We're not getting a manager. Not going to. Well, what's the obvious next step? I've told her we're not getting a manager. We can either continue to fight about a manager and why can't we get a manager? And what if we got a part-time manager? Or we can step back one rung and say, Andy, the front and the back continue to fight. And this is, and here are examples of them fighting. And yep. here is the uh, the, da- uh, the the impact this has had on the clients. Yep. This is how the fight manifested yesterday. And this is how it manifested last week. They are clearly fighting. What are we going to do about the front and the back fighting? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I would add one thing in there that sure. would be really powerful, which is that I, I would say, um, I, I know your expectation is that we're empowered to solve this ourselves. And these are the things that we have tried or that I, you know, like, especially from your, your perspective of what have you done to help solve the problem? Like, call call that out too and then say i would i i need your help because i feel like i'm stuck and i don't know what the next step is like this is what i've tried this these are the examples this is what i've tried to solve the problem um and so i i'm at a loss for for where to go and i would love your perspective and your help on how you would like us to approach this this situation or how you would approach yeah. the situation i really like if that you were me for help yeah, I like that asking for help. That's a, that's a really good play. And I also like the, this is what we've tried. And, and I really think that that's, that's, that's the play in my, in my mind is you need to put the manager thing aside and don't take him a request for a manager. Take him the problems and say, these problems persist. This is what we tried. We're, we're really stuck. How do we want to move forward from here? Mm-hmm. And, and then have that conversation. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. very possible that the owner will look at the problem and ultimately say, you know what might help this? If a manager. A manager. <laughs> and then it's their idea. And and you go, and don't make them feel stupid. Don't say, nope. like, don't that's say, a great I told idea. you so. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's exactly <laughs> it. So, so, it's, so it, re- it really is that, is to say, what is, you know, what is, here's the problem. And then, or if there's three different problems, I would say these are sort of the, these are the problems that I see that persist and laid out one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And it might be that a manager would fix all those problems. It, it might not be, I, I don't, I don't know. And I, I don't have the insight, you know, or, or the background to, to be able to know what those are. But, but regardless, that's, that's kind of how I would lay it out. Um, I think that there's probably some people who've listened to this whole episode and they're like, just mad because they're like, Andy, it's a team of 15 and they don't have a manager. How could you tell them? <laughs> that they don't need a manager. But but I, I just, I, it, every team is different in, in what yeah. they're trying to do. And the, the players on the field really matter. I have seen, if you can't hire, if you putting a weak manager over a strong team generally just frustrates people. You can absolutely do more. Managers can do more harm than good. Don't yes. think they can. Oh, yes, absolutely. They can absolutely yes. make things worse. Yes. And so just, the presence of a human being with a pulse in a management role, I, I, I don't, I don't know that's no. worth anything. No. I, I mean, I can 100% see, and this is just kind of how my mind works and stuff too, it depends on the people you have, 
So we said we got 15 people. So just 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 walk with me for a second. So imagine that one of these people is an office manager. This is the person who does the administrative stuff for the practice, right? They pay the bills, do inventory, whatever. Office manager. All right. So you got that person. You got three doctors. So that's four employees. You got four people at the front desk. So now we're at eight. We got seven support staff, right? So sure. I don't know, two techs, five assistants, something like that. Sure. Well, that's your 15 people. I can 100% see a high-functioning team that has an office manager. The practice owner is the lead doctor, mm-hmm. let's say. Mm-hmm. You got you elevate one of your CSRs to be the lead CSR, mm-hmm. and you elevate one of your techs or support staff to be the lead, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, lead tech or lead support staff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've got a lead doctor, a lead tech, and a lead CSR, mm-hmm. and an administrative support person. Mm-hmm. I think you can run a damn good team of fifteen mm-hmm. with a lead doctor, a lead tech, and a lead uh, CSR. I, I think you can do it. And again, it just, but it depends. It depends on the people that you've got and things like right. that. It's, it's, so anybody who is just like the obvious answer is this. I was like, mm, there's a lot of different ways to make a team Absolutely. work and function. So anyway, that, that, that's going to work them out. Well, and I think mm. that that goes back to, you know, where, where we started from the headspace perspective is like, remember the two um, and the two extreme ends of the spectrum. You can have the la- layers of bureaucracy or at one end where you have managers who have managers who have managers, right? And, or you could have, it's just a total free for all and there's no rules and it's total anarchy, right? Like, and we said, finding that space in the middle. And so part of it is like thinking outside the box of what those solutions could be to find the right fit for you and your team and asking the question, why do I think we need a manager? What, what am I looking? Am I looking for someone to be a mediator or problem solver? Because if that's the reason you think you need a manager, you don't need a manager. You need to teach everybody on your team the tools to be able to mediate the, the conflict management and be able to mediate the problems themselves and someone on the team who can act in that mediator role. And that might be your practice owner. It might be somebody else on the team, might be somebody from outside the hospital. Like, But you can solve that problem without saying, we're gonna hire a full-time 40 hour a week person to fill this role. So it goes back to the, why are you asking? Are you also asking because the practice owner is overwhelmed and you're getting paid a day late sometimes because they're trying to do payroll and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to be all things, all people. Like, what is the why behind it? Because I don't think that you can get to that creative problem solving space on both parts, the practice owner's part and on the team's part in terms of trying to help without having asked yourself the question of like, what does that middle ground look like? Why are we asking this question? What do I think the practice manager's yeah. job is actually going? Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. So anyway, I, I, that, that's how I'd approach it. I, I think that's my that's my big take. Um, I, I enjoy this a lot. I, I always, I like to be a bit of an anarchist and a little bit contrary about, <laughs> about some of these things. You do? I, I, I do. I, I like to push back on the idea that more <laughs> rules and more managers and administrators is always the answer for a more homo- harmonious workplace. I, I, do not, I do not buy that. In some yeah. cases, obviously, uh, adding, adding managers and systems makes all the sense in the world. But there's a point of diminishing returns, and it's not always the obvious answer that people think it is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about that and why. Yeah, me too. This was this was fun. Uh, take care, everybody. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Yeah, thanks, guys. 
Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.